Good afternoon and welcome to another VSA Capital Technology and Transitional Energy podcast with myself, Phil Smith. And this week, I'd like to welcome David Scriven, who's our head of sales and he's been a podcast before with me as Andrew is away on business. So David, welcome to the podcast. And I think you're going to talk about the US markets first and what's happening. Indeed. Well, thank you very much, Phil. Pleasure to be joining you again on the podcast. And yes, uh, starting off in the US and having seen that the June, July CPI headline report is out, um, and they're basically within uh, line of expectations. In other words, the headline was up 0.2% month over month versus the street at 0.2. And likewise, X Food and Energy, that was up 0.2% versus an estimate of 0.2% as well. So investors have been expecting the central bank not to continue raising rates and these subdued inflation numbers could serve to bolster that outlook. Now prior to those results coming out, um, there was an air of caution in the marketplace uh, driven by the Moody's downgrade of 10 small US banks and reviewing six of the larger banks uh, Noted here is loan book losses were 19 billion in the second quarter, and that's the highest level in three years. And that, of course, has resulted in a tempering of the key banking index, the BKX index's rally. Now, additionally to this, in technology, to get back to what our key podcast is about, the key driver of the US rally, technicals um, up to now have not been looking favorable over recent times. Now, four companies of the Magnificent Seven, Apple, NVIDIA, Microsoft, and Tesla, have broken their 50-day moving averages. Now, looking at the ETFs as well in this sector, um, the cybersecurity and the AI ETFs and the SOX are breaking 50-day moving average lines. The clean energy ETF has made a 24-month low. Now, there is some weakness in a few solar names and wind names. For example, Vestas delivered an earnings miss but kept full-year sales guidance. Cost increases have plagued the company, and full-year earnings are expected to be in the range of minus 2% to 3%. Flipping back to the Magnificent Seven, Amazon, however, had a nice move up from their second quarter. They had relatively strong free cash flow of 6.1 billion, operating margin of 5.7%, which is the highest in two years, and retail efficiencies are driving strong operating leverage and faster delivery speeds are driving greater consideration and purchase frequency. Now, a shift from one national network in the US to eight separate regions is helping to lower costs through lower touches per package and reduce miles traveled. Amazon is taking a more disciplined approach to grocery, focusing on achieving healthy return on invested capital before expanding fresh grocery stores. Now in AWS, growth has stabilized following six quarters of deceleration and the street is anticipating growth ahead. Now Amazon is well positioned as the market leader in e-commerce and public cloud, where secular shifts remain relatively early. US e-commerce represents circa 20% of adjusted retail sales and circa 10% of IT spend, according to UK brokers, in the cloud today. 
Amazon is reported to be contemplating cornerstoning the ARM IPO. Around 50K customers, AWS customers that is, use Graviton chips, an ARM design, which deliver 40% better price performance than x86 processors. Now, keeping to the e-commerce theme, Alibaba, Alibaba trounced Wall Street expectations for the June quarter. Revenues grew 14% year over year, earnings of 17.37 CNY per share versus street of 14.59, and revenues of 234 billion CNY versus street of 224. International retail commerce revenues were up 60%, and in their main business, Taoboa and Tmall Group revenues were up 12%. Notably, the Taobao app for online shopping was up 6.5% in June versus last year. Additionally, the company is delivering on its reorganization strategy to split into six business units, with some having the ability to raise outside funding and go public. Management allude to and say there's a gradual Chinese recovery underway. And with that, I'll hand over to Phil because it fits nicely into our commentary on Samarkand. David, thank you very much for those insights uh, on the markets. And just continuing on um, e-commerce and uh, looking at uh, e-commerce in Asia and in China. Yeah, Samarkand Group, um, the ticker is SMK, and this is a client of ours. This is on that quiz. Uh, it's a small company, but Samarkand has a cross-border e-commerce technology platform which helps Western brands um, ship directly and onto the uh, the main China e-commerce platforms, including Tmail and Tabao, which David just mentioned. So they recorded their they reported their full year results to March, um, and you know the the company's prior seen you know seen impacts from COVID lockdowns in China impacting logistics, but the full year revenues to March were up by 5.4%, 17.5 million pounds. China revenue was flat at 11.7 million pounds, but the UK, um, and it has some of its own its own brands of skincare, UK revenues were up by 16% to 5.8 million. The company increased its gross profits and margins, um, and it had suffered quite heavy losses, um, and, and it's reduced those significantly by, uh, by reducing its cost base. So its losses reduced from 6.9 million to 3.4 million, and we're estimating a move into profit for Semicans in full year 2024, ending March, and particularly driven by growth in its own brands, which helped drive its, its valuation. So a company that is recovering, it is a client of ours, but is worth taking a look at, we feel. Um, and continuing with the theme of, I think, particularly tech, uh, David, and firstly, consumer tech. Let's look at consumer technology, because we've spoken a lot about this in the podcast, um, a lot of spend on consumer tech during the COVID lockdowns, and some of that's been, been coming off, particularly on things like PCs and laptops. Uh, but we saw results from Sony uh, this week, quarterly numbers from Sony. Uh, they reported a 31% drop in operating profits for the quarter, and they cited decreasing profits from its financial services, its insurance businesses, um, but also its movie business. However, uh, it had seen a real boost uh, for its, to its, its uh, sales and its profits from PlayStation 5. Now, David and I are probably a little bit older for uh, gaming consoles, maybe. However, yes. PlayStation 5, many of our listeners will know, was launched in November of 2020. Uh, and during the quarter, ending June, 
Sony sold 3.3 million units, up 38% year on year. But uh, more importantly is the outlook for the year. And our forecasting, um, the expectation now is to sell a record number, 25 million PlayStation 5 units in the current fiscal year, compared with 19 million in the prior quarter. So that's good for the gaming sector, good indication for the sector. And so if you're looking at gaming companies, um, that's a result to bear in mind. Um, Dave was talking about uh, some of the, the bigger US tech companies. One of the most important of all that's in many portfolios is Apple. Uh, and they reported their third quarter results of the shares. The Apple shares are up 37% year to date. Quite astonishing. Um, we're covering Apple shares. The quarterly revenues they reported were up by one point, uh, down by 1.4% to $81.8 billion making a net income which was up 2.3% to 19.8 billion. Um, just, you know, such a phenomenal business, Apple. Uh, but what was really, really interesting, this has a bearing on the overall tech sector because Apple's involved in, you know, it's not just the iPhones, it's, it's the software, the services as well. The iPhone revenue uh, was down from 40.7 billion to 39.7 billion, so barely down, so it's flattish. Uh, iPad revenue, on the other hand, was down from 7.2 billion to 5.6. And I can imagine the iPad did very well during the COVID period at home. But, but this is this was quite eye-catching. Was Apple said it now has one billion paid subscribers to its services across two billion devices, and its services revenues. So this is Apple Music, Apple TV. All those Apple services, Apple storage, services revenues are up by 8% to $21.2 billion. So quite a, a phenomenal set of results there for, for Apple. And the shares um, seem to have held up, held up well despite that run post results. So quite important for all those investors here. Uh, and that SIPs, if we've got US funds, Apple's going to be in there. So good set of results. Now, moving on from... Uh, consumer electronics into industrials. And again, industrial electronics is an important sector for tech, for software, and for, for electronics. But let's just talk about industrials and Siemens. Uh, Siemens have reported their results today. Um, and Siemens is you know a huge supplier globally of automation uh, systems into industries, such as process in terms of process controls, communications, overall automation systems that are used in uh, in factories, Siemens infrastructure, obviously with energy systems and building technologies, and mobility. I mean, Siemens is a big builder of trains, and then finally healthcare. Anyway, they reported their third quarter results. Um, their orders were up by 10% to 24 billion euros, which were ahead of forecasts. Revenues were up by 6% to 18.9 billion euros, which was uh, apparently was shy of forecasts. This is from Reuters. Uh, and a net profit of 1.4 billion euros. But, but more importantly, and what the market was looking out for here was what they were saying about um, Outlook uh, and order books. And they were saying that um, in China, which is a big market, they had seen only a tepid recovery, quote, after shutdowns in China last year. Um, they were seeing a normalization in demand because, you know, remember that people were pre-buying goods because there were component shortages just to hold up their inventory um, but their orders are up by 10% the three months to the end of June but down from a 13% increase in the prior three months um, what else did they say 
yeah, recovering China's manufacturing sector slower than anticipated. So um, quite, you know, quite an indicator there on industrials uh, from Siemens. So we'll keep looking out for for new slow on the industrial sector. And a comment in Reuters here saying that uh, manufacturing activity is slow in recent months with weakening PMI, purchasing management data from Europe and China. Um, but sticking with uh, industrials and, and engineering and advanced technology and engineering, Rotalk, uh, ticker is ROR, uh, UK listed. They reported quarterly results. Now, uh, Rotalk is very well known for flow control um, and instrumentation technologies. And so this is mainly sort of valves and actuators. Uh, and these are, are used very heavily in oil and gas, in water, wastewater, chemical processing, industrial applications. Uh, and actually, Rotalk's results, I thought, looked pretty good. Um, their order intake was up for the quarter by 13.8% to uh, 387 million. Revenue was up uh, 19% to 334 to 335 million, and the operating profits were up uh, 22%, 22.5%, 65 million. Um, so, good set of financials there. The order intake they commented, which was up by just under 14%. Um, they had said that all three main divisions, oil and gas, water and power, uh, and industrials had seen had been seen uh, good good orders. Uh, particularly oil and gas sector. Um, they also commented that they'd seen strong demand for their methane emissions reduction uh, technology, um, particularly uh, actuators using oil and gas uh, valve applications, but also uh, investment in the wastewater sector. And we've seen an awful lot in the press in terms of wastewater, wastewater management and sewage, and they're seeing strong demand from that sector as well. So that was a road talk, uh, again, in industrial space. And then finally... We go on to EV technologies, which we talk a lot about podcasts because it's becoming an increasing driver for the overall tech sector. Uh, and Volex, common, uh, company we commented on uh, previously, uh, VLX is a ticker. Market cap is 563 million market cap. Volex uh, specializes in the manufacture of uh, connectors, cabling, plugs, um, but it's, it's advanced cables. It's not the kind of thing you get with your kettle. These are cables that may have to carry larger amounts of power, may have to carry data. Uh, the connections need to be very, very high quality with this type of cabling. So they're used, uh, Volex um, connectors and cabling are used, for instance, in data centers for high-speed data transmission, uh, in medical equipment, in EV charging solutions. Uh, and Volex announced that they had uh, become a licensed partner of Tesla uh, for North American charging standard, NACS, it's known as NACS, uh, charging system. So uh, why is that important? Well, there are two main charging uh, standards in the States for EV chargers. There's NACS, NACS, uh, which is the Tesla superchargers, and then there's CCS uh, system, which is uh, the other more widely used system. So... Uh, we've already seen an announcement from Ford and GM and Rivian uh, that they are going to adopt the NACS charging connector system for their vehicles. Um, and what the hope is here that so a number of these EVs and their manufacturers will be able to access the Tesla supercharger 
network. So that actually for Folex is uh, a very good thing to be involved with. So that's uh, so that's quite good news for them. And then sticking with EVs, and I guess finally we from me, and this is a corporate another corporate client of ours, and it's called Equipmate Holdings. Uh, the ticker is EQIP. It's listed on Equis. The market cap is ninety million. Um, and I initially researched uh, on this on this company last week. Um, and we think this is a very, very interesting company. And the reason is that it has its own uh, patented EV technology. And this is including electric motors, inverters, and control software. And um, they're addressing applications in heavy transport, in supercars, in electric aviation, and in marine. Uh, the company IPO'd in July of 22, raising 10 million pounds. It raised a further 6 million um, this year as it expands. Uh, its technology, as I say, is patented, and in electric motors, it's got really advanced electric motors, uh, patented uh, thermal management technology for those motors, and it means that they can be used in, in really advanced electrification applications for transport. So uh, it launched, um, one of its uh, motors, it launched the Ampere 220, has uh, 222 kilowatts of power, motor speed of 30,000 RPM, but it's, it's one of the lightest... Um, it has the lightest electric motors in the world. It has the highest power to weight um, density. Um, the company is increasing its international sales. Uh, recently signed an agreement with a Swiss-based aerospace business to develop electric flight. Has licensed its tech in India to Sona Comstar, who are global global automotive systems uh, manufacturer. And we forecast this company making a revenue of 13.4 million. Uh, pounds in 2024, EBITDA was at 4.7 million, but uh, in 25, a revenue of 24 million, so growing very strongly, and EBITDA losses reducing uh, quite rapidly to 1.9 million and later on moving into profit. So that is Equipmake, uh, UK based advanced EV motor technology, and uh, as I say, it's 90 million market cap, and one that we think corporate client. But we think is a is an excellent company and our investors well worth looking at. So there we are. Um, bit short and sweet this week. Uh, we've had a lot of results in the last couple of weeks from the US and in the UK with interims being reported. Um, but uh, David, thank you so much for joining us and for your insights. Pleasure, Phil. Thank you very much. And just for for listeners, um, if you haven't seen that report, it came out on on Monday. So please do get hold of. Uh, your contacts at VSA, and we'll be happy to send it to you because um, it's the initiation coverage. So a very detailed report and a very interesting read. Thank you very much for that, David. Uh, thank you to our listeners. Um, and as Andrew always says, if you have uh, any ideas you'd like us to talk about, companies you'd like us to discuss, things that you think that we've missed, then please don't hesitate to get in touch with us at VSA Capital. Uh, and we look forward to hosting the podcast again next week. This podcast has been produced and edited by VSA Capital. It is intended for information purposes and not as investment advice. The information is intended for recipients who understand the risks associated with equity investments in smaller companies. Please do your own research and do not rely on a single source when making an investment decision. VSA Capital may derive fees from this content and seeks to do business with the companies mentioned.